What is going on, Roto-Grinders? Dean here at Dean7904 if you want to get all technical on me. It is 4.01 Central Time while I'm rattled. Why are we giving Central Time first? It's 5.01 on the East Coast, 2.01 on the West Coast, 4.01, still 4.01 Central Time, more seconds, of course. And of course, that means it's time for the flagship show here at Roto-Grinders. It is called Grinders Live. And joining me today, a really fired up Pepsi 7 on the hump day. Fun pre, uh, it was a fun pre-show conversation, Pepsi. How are, how are things in your world uh, up north? Yeah, things are going well here. Just uh, left before I decide to to take off, as we were talking about there, and I enjoy some uh, winter in Asia and not have to spend the winters here. So uh, last couple of nights of baseball for me, DFS has been very good to me recently. So let's hope we can keep it rolling tonight with a massive, massive Wednesday night slate. Usually we get the Wednesday, Thursday shows together, and there are these uh, small slates here, but this is a big one tonight. Yeah, they usually give us the smaller slates because you can get a little yappy and get a little bit off the uh, off the trail. And we got the <laughs> observation, but we we can't not too many pleasantries. And of course, you just threw it out to the people. You're not going to be here uh, after Thursday. You're taking off. I think actually on a plane Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, your last your last days of baseball. It's going to be good times for sure. Narrative Street says you should actually bring some tournaments. That's just how it goes down. Uh, your your last time going out there. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably have a delve more into it tomorrow night. Where it's a smaller slate and. We'll give you a proper swan song. I'm sure the people are going to miss you for sure and tell you how much they thoroughly enjoyed. Like, and Pepsi, this is heartfelt. I, I've, I've enjoyed work with, despite the, all the gruff you give me. <laughs> Something nice. What's going on here? I'm sure the people will say say nice, th- nice things in chat too. I, I imagine so. We'll do well. It might get a little, uh, you know, dusty in the room. Who knows how it's going to go down, Pepsi? Because I, I know how emotional you can be. But uh, this is daily fantasy baseball. Daily, we don't care about tomorrow. Your last day, we don't care about Thursday. We don't care about yesterday, Pepsi. We care about tonight, Wednesday nights. Uh, how do you feel about tonight's slate as an overview? I think it's an interesting one. You know, we've got pitching options in all tiers, which are nice, and we've got three or four hitting offenses that I think stand out. At least three that stand out, and then a few more too that I think that might be lower on, but but could obviously go off here. So it's a great slate. It's your typical. Big slate like on a Tuesday or Friday night that we've been used to all season long that's got a little bit of everything, and uh, I'm excited to play it. Yeah, so, you know, uh, pitching and hitting, you know, this is this feels like a hitter's slate for sure, and depending on where you're shopping as far as the prices, a lot, especially like on DK, on fans draft as well, a lot of the pitching prices seem a little bit too elevated for me, uh, which we'll kind of dig into. And, you know, you're looking for that SB2 to just kind of survive to some extent if you're going to spend up on some salaries as far as, you know, the bats and there are definitely some great spots for bats as well so that's kind of sort of where i'm leaning at right now we got strasburg at the top as far as asking price pepsi uh at least that's where i'm looking at as far as dk right now again no sponsor on the show tonight but i presume that's basically the case all around the industry i think that's basically the case more or less anywhere you look um this minnesota lineup pepsi uh that they're rolling out of course strasburg jumping to the al is facing a dh you know so that's a negative shift uh also if you look at this Minnesota lineup, it's different. It's funky. Kepler, he's got a chest, so he can't play. Uh, give him a scratch. But there is just, like, no strikeouts. Uh, La Tortuga cracked it, 1.8%. The tortoise, he just does not strike out. He does not walk. Uh, Wade does not project to be a guy to strike out a lot, like 16 17% according to projection models in the majors. The only people that actually strike out, you know, Nelly Cruz, Boomstick at 26%, and Castro at the bottom at 30%. Collectively, Pepsi, I don't remember even seeing a number like this. Collectively, we're seeing – on the plate IQ, it's 16.9% uh, striking out. You know, Array is at the top at 87 Polanco contact hitter. Everybody else is the contact hitter. Love Strasburg. Um, you know, and they're obviously in a playoff, you know, uh, position right now, playoff hunt. So you like the motivation at this point, this time of year. And I guess he's tournament playable because, you know, just better the talent sometimes. But it just does not feel like an optimal performance is coming tonight. You know, he is the most talented pitcher still. But, yeah, you can look at this Twins lineup. You, you know, you don't see Sano. We don't see Kaplan. You think it's a bit watered down. And, and it is in terms of raw talent and power. But as you mentioned here, Dean, not a lot of strikeout in that lineup there. So as much as we like Strasburg, I'm not sure how often I'm going to pay the price for him tonight. I think he's certainly viable as your cash game SP1, although I don't think he's my top option. And, again, I'm not playing cash here tonight, so I don't have to worry about that, thankfully. But um, – if you're fine with the quality start with the safety of the floor and a strikeout per inning, I think Strasburg gets you there. I just don't think we had that seven shutout inning 10K performance there tonight, and I think you're paying for it on most sites. So I'm fine with Strasburg. I just don't love him tonight in this matchup. Yeah, among the upper tier, and again, kind of working our way down, like I think Paddock is too expensive on, on DK specific. I think he's playable on FanDuel. 
Uh, you're probably not going to get that quality start. I suppose he can go six. Uh, his numbers are really distinct from a K perspective as far as lefties versus righties. Madden on the other side probably is aware of this too. He's a, generally a sharp manager. So I, I would guess we're going to see a, a fair portion of lefties from the Chicago side. So 10.2K on DK probably can't talk to that. You know, Ray versus the Mets. Mets, you know, a pretty solid lineup. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty good from a contact perspective as well too. And, you know, Ray, uh, of course, in tournaments you can always play him. He's always a guy that can unleash 10Ks but probably won't get there tonight. Lopez is a massive price against Kansas City. I know we've seen an up-and-down season for him, and he's definitely paid that off at times. But uh, it's hard to imagine that. that, You know, it's hard to get there. It's hard to pay that off. For me, what I'm getting at here, Pepsi, the one guy that seems at the most correct price amongst this top tier is uh, Sonny Gray versus Seattle. We don't have a lot of Seattle lineup just yet, but spoiler alert, it's not going to be good. Uh, He's my guy if I'm spending up, and I'm probably going to spend down along with him on a a two – two-pitcher sites that's going to make the hitters work as well. Is that your favorite you know, expensive pitcher as well? Are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. I think it is Sonny Gray. He's been pretty consistent all season long. The strikeout rate is up over 30% since the All-Star break. The Mariners, of course, have been terrible since the All-Star break, and this is a lineup that will strike out quite a bit. So you're getting a bit of a discount from Gray, from Strasburg to Gray, pretty much industry-wide here. And also, you know, he's pitching just as well with a much better matchup. So Gray's my guy in all formats, my top pitcher here. Um, you know, you talked about Robbie Ray a little bit and, you know, we always say Robbie Ray is the guy you want when he's not going to be chalky and the guy you want to get off of when he is chalky. I don't think he's chalky tonight. I still don't love him. He hasn't been very good recently. I mean, in his last, was it five starts? Last five starts, which is just over 22 innings, Dean. He's walked 15 batters, almost any, a batter per inning, which is crazy. So I, I think we could skip Ray. Again, we could play Strasburg, but Sonny Gray to me, you know, is the uh, the best dollar-for-dollar dollar guy, certainly in this top level here, just based on matchup and the way he's been pitching. Gray and Strasburg, if you fire up the old lineup HQ, of course you have the uh, the pitcher props as far as the K perspective. They are, they are at the tops at 7.5 each. Then there's Robbie Ray at 6.5, and, and then it just sort of falls off the table and a bunch of guys that are 5.5, a bunch of guys that are 4.5. And, and that's why, like, pitching to me is not, like, necessarily at a premium. Uh, I'm just taking a peek and see what we have as far as umpires because Robbie Ray is one of those guys that I want to see who what kind of umpire he draws. But sometimes just you know he's just pitching against himself. Uh, Strasburg, by the way, uh, extreme pitchers umpire. So there's a little uh, you know bump in his favor against that Minnesota team that's very contact heavy. Uh, Logan Webb and Agrizel also have a pitchers umpire too. Not that you're rostering Agrizel, like I I just can't do that. Just to, just putting the information out there as far as Ray specifically, Pepsi Ray's got a hitters umpire. Not an extreme, but a hitter's umpire. Just throwing it out there. And, of course, Sonny Gray also has a hitter's umpire. We'll show this in a screen share again if people are joining in late. Other stuff going down as far as lineup HQ. We're giving away some of the some of the premium nuggets as the season progresses along. The winding down here with three weeks and change left, give or take. Yeah, a little less than three weeks, actually. Take. Take, take in the three weeks. Uh, it's kind of – oh, by the way, I'm looking at the projected lineup here for Seattle. We don't have it just yet, but I was curious because I don't know much about this Kyle Lewis character. He's projected to be in. Uh, he, according to projection models, based upon, you know, his minor league stuff and all that, he's projected to strike out around 30% in the majors. So uh, if you're rostering Sonny Gray, you want to see Kyle Lewis's name pop up in that Seattle lineup. Uh, otherwise, as of right now, we have projection at 23.4%, which is also pretty good. So uh, be wary of it, but just a, a nice boost to Gray if Kyle Lewis cracks that lineup. The mid-tier Pepsi, as far as pitchers, I mean, well, Keiko at 9-5 on DK, can't talk to it, right? Can't talk nope. to that. Nope. Ridiculous. Uh, Cole Hamill's at 9-2. He's fallen back, you know, since coming back from his injury. I understand San Diego's a team, you know, you can strike out. I understand that ballpark is positive to pitch in, but I don't like that. Uh, Plucko's too expensive. Means versus the Dodgers. Uh, you know, Dustin May probably going to be the long man. The Dodgers, like yesterday, they, they clinched the uh, – you know, they, they clinch their uh, their division, and typically they have, like, that hangover game or whatever. They just roll out a bunch of dudes, like, aren't even, you know, with September. Obviously, the rosters are expanded. They've rolled out their mostly normal lineup. You know, Turner is hurt. But just be wary of that. And, like, Cheese talked about that in his article today, too. It's just – and it's been going forward, I suppose. But, you know, I don't know if these guys are going to play nine innings. They very well might, and maybe I'm just being paranoid. But what's your – do you have a thought on that? Yeah, it's hard to tell. I think that the idea of, of clinching and having the hangover game the next day is so that most of the guys that aren't in the lineup can get a full day and night's rest. So I think a lot of guys like Jed Jerk or David Freeze, normally guys that would get the hook or pinch hit for, they're likely safer this game. I mean, if they get yanked this game, then you know the Dodgers lineup's not safe all year long. So 
I would feel pretty comfortable if I'm punting with a Jericho or playing a freeze at a discount, knowing that they're likely going to get their four bats in tonight. Uh, first of all, they're on the road versus the bad Baltimore team, so there's almost four bats guaranteed. And the fact, that, again, that these Dodgers can easily take the night off. They clinch the division. There's no reason to be pulling guys in and out. They can win that game with their D lineup, it looks like, in there tonight. So I feel pretty comfortable that they're not going to do that. I mean, you know, even if a guy like Jock Peterson is itching for a swing off the bench, I mean, you know, if some of these guys are a bit of partiers or young guys are drinking a little bit, yeah, I don't know why you'd want to throw them back out there, give them the night off. And, and most coaches will, but Dave Roberts is not a, uh, a normal guy in general. So it's hard to say, but I'm going to lean with most of these guys finish the lineup and they rest their stars. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm cautious. <laughs> but, like, you know, Freeze is a guy who very well can only see two at-bats. Jerko is a guy who very well just sees two at-bats. But you're right. And also, they're probably still figuring out, like, the 25-man roster for the playoffs. And I guess those are two guys that will be battling to be the 25th guy on that bench. Uh, as we work our way down, you know, I pulled up Derek Cardi's the bat, by the way. Uh, and as far as the projections, the average projections, you know, and Strasburg's projected for 19 and change. Gray, at 18, 18 and change. This is a DK scoring. You know, no numbers that are just really popping off the page. And then it's just a lot of guys that's just condensed, right? Like, uh, you know, we have Keiko at 15. I can't justify that for the price. If you know his upside's not great because the K, you know, the K expectation's not great either. Uh, Marco Gonzalez at 15. Logan Webb at 14 and change. Matt's at 16. Um, it's, the point here is it's, it's just all squeezed together. Uh, Irkwitty at 12. That Houston team got absolutely shellacked last night. We it's funny, we sort of talked about Houston on the other end. Like, that's another team. It's just like, you know, on cruise control and just waiting for the playoffs to start. And, you know, all the starters, all the, the meaningful starters got pulled after like four or five innings last night. We were down like 20 to four or whatever it was. Uh, and not to say that's going to happen again, but just, I guess, I suppose, be cautious, be aware that these things may or may not happen. And then maybe the damage is done already if they put up 20 runs in the first four innings. Um, as far as the mid-tier, as far as pitching here, Pepsi, uh, it's not very appealing I don't like a lot of these dudes, like Zach Davies. Milwaukee's a team that's still battling. Uh, you know, Zach Davies, good ballpark, you know, terrible arm, not a big K rate. He doesn't go deep in games. They have a huge bullpen. Everybody's got a huge bullpen right now, so they can give him a quick hook. Maybe he gets five innings. That's basically what he's been going of, of, of late. And I think he's going to be somewhat chalky just because they see the ballpark and they see Marlins. But I don't see a big upside on Davies, and maybe you don't need the upside. You just need to survive as far as an SB2. I think I'm going to be less than the field on Davies just because, well, he kind of stinks. <laughs> that, that's, that's my analysis. That's great analysis, by the way, too. But, it's like uh, everything else, too. But, yeah, go ahead. Along the lines of L.A. and Houston, just talking about these teams clinching and being on cruise control, as you mentioned, that's what makes it tough to play cash games right now. And that's what makes it tough in any sport, just whether you're playing cash or tournaments late in the year like this. you got to keep that in mind, and you never really know what's going to happen with a roster like uh, Houston or the Dodgers. And there are two different situations, obviously. The Dodgers clinch, so you think you got a better idea, and you got to deal with Dave Roberts. So uh, Houston has yet to clinch. So, um, you know, they're still trying to play to win, I guess. But at the same time, are they really trying to steal bases and stretch singles into doubles? Or, sorry, yeah, singles into doubles, doubles into triples, things like that. If they're up 6-1, 5-1 kind of thing late in the game, you can see them getting pulled. So it's a little bit tougher. It's still fun to play, but uh, maybe roll back the, the bankroll a little bit. And again, I'm not playing cash. I doubt the rest of the season here. Only a couple of days left for me. So there'll be no cash going in there. But as far as SB2s go, yeah, it's kind of tough. I'm going to start at the top of Pablo Lopez here and say that Lopez, at least, is a good pitcher. A little longer, at least, than some of these other guys have in the four to five inning range. The strikeouts are there, too, I think, for him. They're, they're going to start coming for sure. And Milwaukee's lineup, a little watered down without Yelich in there, just in general, not the same intimidating lineup we saw earlier. So I don't mind Lopez in that mid tier. Logan Webb is another guy I think we'd use, maybe more so in FanDuel, where he's like 6,300, I want to say, really cheap over there. Um, I don't mind Logan Webb either, because I think Webb, you know, we're still trying to figure out who he is after two good starts, two bad starts, but the, the numbers, mostly at double A, uh, have shown us this is a really good pitcher with strikeout ability, even though the Giants don't strike out a lot. So I think I think we could certainly use Webb more so in FanDuel too. And then rolling down, as you're saying, is Zach Davies, I'll be less in the field of him as well. I just... You know, Milwaukee in general has been careful with him. Last three starts, I want to believe, and all their pitchers seem to be going only four or five innings these days as they rely on that bullpen of theirs. And it's hard to argue. They're winning ball games. They're back in the race. Um, so, yeah, I don't love him. I think Jose Urquidy is the guy that I'm going to use the most. Um, you know, I think he's got the ability to go five innings, strike out five batters as well, even though Oakland, not the, uh, not the plus matchup we'd like for him. But price point's reasonable. 
Uh, the wind's certainly here as well, as you know, you know, versus Anderson, that Houston offense. So Urquity is definitely a guy I'm going to use. Again, I don't mind Lopez or Webb. All three of those guys that have ahead of Davies. And if we're going to go all the way down to the bottom, which I guess should probably get us to that point at some point. Sparkman. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Glenn Sparkman for me. I, I don't mind it. It's because you mentioned it. All the percentages of pitchers from Strasburg to Gray all the way down, you know, 18, 17, 15, 14. You know, there's no one pitcher that really can be highly owned. So, you know, we can kind of do whatever we want, but to get these big bats in there, you know, game at Coors, game in Houston, um, there's some big offenses we want out there. Sparkman gets it done for you. And I think a quality start from him is just as likely as some of these other guys that we mentioned that are a lot more expensive. I mean, yeah, Stephen Matz, for example, might be a little safer, but at the same time, I don't love his matchup versus Arizona, and he's 4,000 more. So, I'm going to have some Sparkman. I'm recommending Sparkman as an SP2. I don't even mind mixing him up with guys like Pablo Lopez and Logan Webb with a Sparkman and GPPs to get all the bats in. Because, again, we don't have to have Strasburg at the top. Although I will say, if you're going to Sparkman, you should probably pair him with Gray with the safest, a safe farm with big upside. But, uh, yeah, there's not a lot to love here. So, again, I think I'm going to let my bats do the talking. But, uh, as I mentioned, I probably wouldn't play Sparkman on a site like FanDuel. I think maybe Logan Webb is as low as I go there. And again, Pablo Lopez is a very good price at 71 there as well. But uh, I think we could certainly use Sparkman on Fantasy Draft and DraftKings. Yeah, he's been a disaster, Sparkman, for the most part, uh, since his last good start versus the White Sox, like <clears throat> on the July 16th. Uh, he's facing the White Sox tonight. I believe the other starts versus the White Sox this year were not good. Uh, you know, And I'm also going to have White Sox stacks. Like, I like the White Sox tonight against Sparkman. But – yeah, uh, if you're going to dig down there, I suppose he's a guy that's playable. You don't feel good about it. You hold your nose. This is where we say that we live in a world of a salary cap. That's why you're playing him. You're not playing him because you like him. Uh, I agree with the Lopez side, by the way. And, man, RIP, yeah, what she's done for the season. That's obviously terrible for Milwaukee. And they're still battling for a playoff spot. Last I saw, like, according to the analytics and the math and all that, it's like 26%, 27%. They have to make uh, – I'm not really sure if that factored in the Yellows injury. But that Milwaukee lineup takes a big hit. Uh, without Yelich, they had Moustakis coming back. And, and I don't know if Moustakis is 100%. Three, four days ago, the, the manager said, Council said, you know, Moustakis can't even swing a bat. So maybe he's just a gamer and trying to give it a go and he knows the team needs, needs him and all that. But maybe he's at 80%. I have no clue, just a guess. Uh, what we do know is this Milwaukee lineup strikes out at 26%. Uh, Thames at 31%. Gamble at 29%. Uh, Ernan Perez, 35%. Grisham at 25%. It's not that good. It's a huge negative ballpark shift. And Lopez, you know, the Ks are there for Lopez at a pretty decent rate, especially against righties. I know it's mostly lefties. But what do we really need? And he's kind of sort of priced up to some extent. But he's, you know, one of my top pitchers tonight because of the ballpark and because this Milwaukee lineup is totally watered down and it's offering a good amount of Ks as well. And also because as a collective, all these guys pitching tonight, it's just not very good. Uh, we can work our way down, Pepsi. I don't really know what else is there to say because – you sort of touched on a lot of things that, that I think that were, uh, you know, coming into the show that I wanted to talk about. Dodgers, it's going to be some combination of Stripling and May. I don't know if either go enough to make either one rosterable. Certainly, you know, May at 8.5K, I cannot imagine him paying off that salary. I agree Webb is somewhat interesting because, you know, nice ballpark. Pittsburgh's not very good. And, you know, he's had some good starts. He's had some bad starts. And he's shown some promise in A. Was only in A for, what, one start or so. Uh is there anything else here? Or do we kind of just sort of fly through it? Mats should be okay, but this Arizona team, you know, is really contact heavy against lefties. So I'm probably not on Mats. You mentioned Erquity, who's kind of – he's $25 in Yahoo. I think that's pretty interesting. That's probably the best place to play him. That is the floor. Um, but, I'm again, I'm scrolling through, and then I'm scrolling back up, and I'm scrolling through. It's like when you open the refrigerator and you're, like, looking for something to eat. And they're like <laughs> – you know, it's like, ah, there's nothing. And you're like, you, you walk back, you, you, go, you go and you sit back down. And five minutes later, you, walk, you open the fridge. It's like, man, still nothing. <laughs> that, that's what this is. We're looking at the fridge. We see nothing. And we're looking at the pictures and we see nothing. What do you see? Eh? Yeah, it's not changing. I mean, you, you, like you said, open up that cover and see what changes it. And it doesn't. But I think on two picture sites, just to kind of wrap it up here, Dean, on two picture sites, whether it's Strasburg or Gray, and I prefer Gray at the top, I think you can pair him. In, in, uh, in cash with, with a number of options, like Sparkman's as low as you want to go. And I think in the mid-tier, Lopez is probably the guy that you ideally want to do it with. Um, you know, and again, in the mid-tier, we got some more options and guys like uh, Logan Webb 
uh, Pablo Lopez, who I mentioned, and Urquidy. Over on a site like FanDuel, I think you could even use Lopez at $7,100 in cash. I prefer Gray, but if you wanted to go a little cheaper for the batch, you could go there in cash as well. And then, of course, the guys like Urquidy and Logan Webb become GPP options. And I certainly wouldn't use Sparkman unless I was on a two-pitcher site. Hey, can I ask a ridiculous question? Uh, is John Means playable in this slate? I mean, this Dodger lineup, you know, again, it's not that great. Jerk store is in there. They have two catchers with Smith and Barnes. I feel like Smith has been playing above his head. You know, I, he, you know he's obviously been good so far. I think, you know, as far as the, the ISO, he's shown some pop at 239, but he's also striking out at 41% of the time. This is all sort of small samples. And Means has been pretty good. I'm just looking for, like, I'm just talking about tournaments, obviously. Just yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. I won't be going there. I think that you're better off with a Lopez. And I think that even, I think that Urquidy as well has similar upside at a much cheaper price. And of course, I mean, who's to say Sparkman can't go five decent innings and the same, put up the same numbers as means. I mean, that Dodger lineup is, is, is still decent, even though it's watered down enough that it's not a plus matchup by any means. So, I mean, Hey, if you're all on board, you love it. Probably wouldn't talk you out of it. Um, keep me in your player pool, but I, I think I'd have to be, Close to 20 lineups before I consider means. There's still enough pitching options there. None of them are great, of course, that would keep me off means for a while. They're asking in chat about uh, Dylan Peters. He's not really somebody I considered. Uh, is Dylan, you know, Dylan Peters facing Cleveland? I don't believe we have a cleanup, uh, Cleveland cleanup, Cleveland lineup just yet. That's hard for me to say for some reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, Peters is not somebody I considered. Uh, and he's in the muck. He's also in the muck along with, uh, with somebody like Sparkman. Uh, is he somebody that you consider, or it's just like you're going to stick to Sparkman? I don't know if I'm going to get to Peters or not. I mean, I haven't really played around down there enough just yet. I'll do most of my tinkering after the show here as I build the GBP lineups. But, you know, I mean, Peters could certainly walk his way into a quality start. Cleveland's a good offense. They're patient. They don't strike out much. They will walk. They're contact-oriented. A lot of good righties in there. Again, the additions of Yasiel Puig and – Friend Mal Reyes to go along with guys like Carlos Santana and Lindor from the right side already make it a difficult lineup. So, but he's cheap enough that and decent enough of a pitcher that he could go six innings up two or three runs, strike out four batters. That, that's fine. Doesn't have the GPP upset I'm looking for. Mind you, neither does Sparkman really. They're just salary savers to give us the bats we want and hope that our SQ1 does most of the work. So, again, I think it's a situation where, like means, I wouldn't talk you out of it but he's not necessarily on my player pool. However, I will say with the $3,000 in savings on DK, for example, to Peters, I'd be fine going that road to get, you know, maybe three or four significant upgrades in bats going from means to Peters. But again, not a guy real high on my list. I, I don't think I'm going to get off of, like I said, Sparkman, Urquity, and I think Webb and Lopez are the only guys I'm going to use for the most part along with Sonny Gray tonight. Yeah, Paddock's got a meaningful, meaningful discount on FanDuel. I think he's playable over there, too. But, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I, I can't pay 10 2. I don't think I can, at least, uh, on DK, unless I'm trying to play catch up or something like that. And I can see the person in front of me or the field in front of me is going to have Gray instead of Paddock. And I just kind of hope that you know, that works out for me in a tournament, like in a late swap or something like that. But the math says to play Gray over Paddock. But there is a meaningful discount over there in FanDuel. Uh, you know, I'm looking at Peter's numbers, but I just kind of pulled them up on Plate IQ. And, 12.7% Ks versus lefties. That's really terrible. Uh, 21.5 versus righties is okay. He's got his face punched in as far as when they're actually hitting the ball from both sides. Um, yeah, I, I, he doesn't walk many dudes. That's something nice you can say about him, I suppose. But Which is why he could probably stumble his way through a quality start. But again, the upside is really limited. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't feel good about it. But like, I don't feel good about a lot of these pitchers. And we're all playing with the same pool. And that's why... I'm with you. Like, I'm going to have probably way too much gray. Hopefully, it's not too much. Hopefully, it's not enough if I don't have the lock button on him. Uh, and then pair him with, uh, like, some of the guys who talked about Lopez. You know, hold him, I know, it's on a guy like Sparkman. Uh, I, I'm okay with Urquidy and just uh, kind of making it work as far as the bats. So, uh, you just kind of sort of summarize the arms. I guess if I ask you to do it again, that would be redundant, would it not? I think so. I mean, I could certainly do it again for if we have time to kill it. I think we've kind of gone over it quite a bit. Okay, let's do some hitters. Uh, before we dive in and break it down position by position, Pepsi, before we do that, we got to give the shout outs. You're supposed to be on top of this, Pepsi. You got the email, didn't you? Email? Yeah. <laughs> I, not- I, only have, I only have a day and a half left. <laughs> Has email not made, it, made its way up to Canada? Just, I'm sure you guys have email up there. I, I know there are some areas that do have email up here for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you know a guy, you can borrow his email or something like that. But uh, 
do want to give the shout outs. We get the shout outs, of course, for those that are rocking the RG badge. We have to incentivize you to rock the Roto Grinders badge. Uh, if you finish in the top 10 of certain contests around the industry, you don't have to even finish first. You don't have to finish the podium. Just the top 10 wearing the Roto Grinders badge. You win yourself one month Roto Grinders premium, which is a great time. You just get baseball and football. Uh, and this is the people that are rocking the badge. And I'm reading these blind. I meant to read these pre shows. So if you have like Mr. Butts, Seymour in here, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. But I will pause because I would hopefully will not do that. We uh, hope you butcher it anyway. So that's what we're cheering for. We got uh, McLeod, McLeod. Oh boy, I just butchered the first one. <laughs> Let the sevens begin. <laughs> oh boy, uh, McLeod Travis, twenty-three, Crazy Cowboys, uh, Steelers Renegade. We got Handsome Dave. Handsome Dave, what's up, what Handsome guy? He is. Yeah, uh, we got Big Sam one. Uh, JD Sands, 01, Padoni. And uh, last but not least, I'm stalling in this one. If you notice, we're playing along at home there, Pepsi. I skipped the name because I could not pronounce it. I'm like, I will get back to that one. <laughs> I'm trying to buy time. Help me out here, Pepsi. Are you looking at it or no? I am not even looking at it. I'm hanging out with the chat here, having some fun. Um, I don't envy this position. I mean, some of these names, it's like hard to figure out what they're doing there. So, I mean, it's not something that's easy to do. Uh, yeah, the chat's having fun in there too. And playing, well, they're giving some uh, examples. Other people have probably signed up with the RG badge. Uh, e I U R Y A N 79. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. How about that? <laughs> oh, is that McLeod? Oh, like now D trains us. He's, he's razzing me too in the, in the chats. I can't figure this out. Okay, yeah. So it's E I U R Y A N 79. There you go. Thanks for rocking the, uh, the RG badge. All right, Pepsi, let's talk some baseball. Uh, give me a, a hitter, maybe a team, maybe a core play. What are we looking at as far as the sticks? I think top bat for the night for me is going to have to be Charlie Blackman of the Colorado Rockies here. They're at home. He's facing a righty, a very hittable righty. Obviously, Dakota Hudson's a decent pitcher in general, and he's certainly you know solid versus righties. But lefties are a different story. And Blackman at home, a 388 ISO, a 507 Woba at home versus righties. That's insane. That, that's a good quality bat to start your cash games with. And obviously, you can use them in GPPs as well. You could certainly argue that other guys have more upside than Blackman in GPPs. But in terms of top bat, my cast game start, it would be with Charlie Blackman. So, yeah, we actually talked pre-show on this, Pepsi. And I thought it was kind of interesting as far as, you know, of course, Coors Field. We always get excited about Coors Field. And, you know, I, I hit up the old the plate IQ. And I, as of right now, I pulled up, you know, the St. Louis-Colorado game that I wanted to speak to. Uh, you mentioned about Hudson being against righties. And we'll talk about some of the righties in a second. Obviously, with Story and Arenado lurking. But. You know, he doesn't strike them out 18%, but the ground balls against righty, 65% is just awesome. The fly balls against him is 16.9%. That's pretty great, too. Uh, and he subdued the power as well at a 121. And I'm not saying you can't play him, uh, you know, but I'm just kind of sort of wary of him. And maybe I'll have less than the field as far as uh, Arenado and Story. And hopefully they don't just destroy me. But uh, not to say I'll have zero, but I project to have less than the field. Pepsi, I know you want to talk about catchers. I can see the excitement on your face. <laughs> I mean, you only have two more times the rest of the year to talk about catchers. Cherish this moment, Pepsi. When you're on the beach in the Philippines, and you're going to be reminiscing about this exact moment right now when you get to talk about La Tortuga, uh, JT Romuto. Uh, who's exciting as far as a catcher tonight? Yeah, I'm going to be pitching this moment and seeing that uh, the, the peak of sun just coming through the, the crack in your uh, curtain there, right across your forehead. I'm thinking of that moment, thinking, I wonder if he's tanning much slower than I am at that crack of sun. You know? Well, I'm definitely not tanning. I can confirm that. <laughs> I mean, even if it was penetrating through, like I'm well protected, but I put on like some SPF 25 just in case <laughs> when I'm indoors. You never, you never know. Funny enough, I was, I asked some guys in chat what I should get you when I come back from Asia and they told me a curtain. So I thought that was a pretty good suggestion, but uh, <laughs> moving on to the catches, I'm a big Yadier Molina fan. I mean, in general, one of my favorite players to ever watch play the game. You know, I grew up as a catcher before converting to shortstop. And, and I love that part of the game where you're stealing signs and, and doing various things to, to, you know, to fool the other team and throwing out runners and calling pitches. I, I miss all that and love the game. And I don't know that there's anybody that ever did it better in every compartment than Yadier Molina calling a game. I mean, at one point is in his prime, you just didn't run a Molina. He shut down any running game period. And that's a big help for pitchers. It's just, and then became a pretty good hitter. Well, a lot, you know, with the help of Albert Pujols, obviously. But, uh, you know, I also saw an interview with Tony La Russa once, too, and they asked him, who's the best player you ever coached? And he said, by far, not even close. And he's coached some Hall of Famers and some pretty good players. And he said it was Yadier Molina, interesting enough. So, uh, Molina, 
He's your top guy. He's $4,200. It's a reasonable price tag. Love the Cardinals tonight. He's sitting in the sixth spot. Should have plenty of RBI opportunities. Could possibly get a fifth at bat in that spot as well. He's my guy tonight. I'm not playing a ton of lineups to get off of him necessarily because I like the price point. But where I do, Dean, I think uh, Beef Wellington. Wellington Castilla is interesting in the same batting order there. Hitting sixth. Had a bit of a discount. And two other guys that I might use. Tony Walters. Just a Coors bat at a cheap price. And Buster Posey. I mean, anybody versus Agrasol, right? I mean, anybody versus him. The ballpark's not great, but if I find myself falling in that range for Posey, I'm going to be fine with that as well. Uh, Molina, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame, right? Oh, I, absolutely he is. I mean, in, in my time of watching baseball, like obviously we go back and watch, and I'm, I'm a big baseball historian, so I like to go back and watch everything and, and see how it all worked and back in the day. And I like to, get, like to think I have a pretty good idea, but in my time of watching baseball, I don't know there's a comparable as far as, uh, you know, he became a pretty good hitter as well. But in terms of calling the game and throwing out runners, maybe maybe defensive catcher is the word here. I'm not really sure the best term to use, but the best all-around catcher I think I've ever seen. And and that includes Pudge Rodriguez. I was a big fan of him when I was a kid growing up as a catcher. He was my guy, but I don't think he had the skills that Molina had or the longevity. You know, but watching both Pudge Rodriguez and the other Molina catch has been a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, I mean, name a catcher you think was better overall than Molina. Yeah, I mean, just from a defensive perspective, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. Like, and, th- and that's not something I thrive in either. But like, I don't, I don't have somebody. I don't have a rebut. I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, just sort of thought it'd be an interesting conversation to have. Uh, yeah. Zach Collins is is cheap. Uh, you know, you mentioned Beef Wellington. Collins is super cheap at 3.1k against Sparkman. Uh, he's shown some power in the minors. I think it was like 20 or 19 homers and like less than 300 bats this year. Just kind of throwing it out there. So, don't mind him. You're just shooting for a cheap homer, right? As far as the catchers, uh, I mean. Plutko has given up a fair bit of homers this year. I don't want to play Kevin Smith, but and he's not 2K. Like, we normally hit those Angels catchers, but he's a guy. Uh, you know, a studio in theory will at least put the ball on the bat, and he's super cheap. I know you don't want to pick on Strasburg, but I think he's playable. Uh, Grandall versus Lopez, don't mind that either. Positive side of the split. But, you know, it's catcher. It's crap like it's always crap. Bill Muto's been an absolute – on a tear. Uh, and, you know, in Philadelphia is not mathematically limited just yet for their playoffs, so he's been playing well. Uh, I don't hate him versus Keiko either. A bit pricey, but nice ballpark. And again, he's hot. That's a, something that does something for you guys out there. Otherwise, you know, uh, you said Posey's terrible, but Agrizel has been a disaster too. I know the ballpark stinks as well, but you're just hoping for, you know, you're shooting for that one homer, I suppose. Who do we draw a catcher as far as the Tampa, Tampa Bay game? That's what I'm trying to find. Oh, Darno's out there. I thought maybe he's a cleanup too. I mean, it's interesting, but he, but he's awful expensive, right? And an interesting debating cash, but all the catchers here are in chat, sorry. I see Yogi Berra and Carlton Fisk. I was a little young for Carlton Fisk. I realized how good he was, but I didn't get the opportunity to, you know, watch him play and, and admire how good he was. I know he was the original Pudge, I guess. Um, and, of course, Yogi Berra is before pretty much everybody's time. But uh, somebody mentioned Piazza as well. I think Piazza would have been better served as a DH. And yeah. wasn't a great catcher. So when I, when I talk about Molina, I'm talking about the way he calls the game, the way he controls the pitching staff, throwing out runners. And then, of course, he developed in a pretty good hitter as well. Certainly wasn't the hitter like a Piazza was, but if Piazza gets in the Hall of Fame, I just assume that Yadier's got uh, is a first uh, first belt for sure. I don't know if he's in or not, but I would assume Piazza will be in. He's probably already in. Has it been like five or six I years? Thought, I thought Piazza did get in, but I'm not I'm not too sure. I don't keep up. Probably with in. Um, at first base, we're going back to Goldie. If you have the money in course, I presume is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's, that's that's the number one guy, I guess. And and you could argue that Goldie's your number one bat of the night. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't disagree with you. He certainly has more upside, I think, than Blackman does, or, you know, just as much. And uh, I tossed and tossed it up between those two guys. I just feel like back, Blackman was the better cast game piece. But Goldie might be my favorite, uh, you know, hitter of the night here. And, uh, you know, you stay in Coors Field with the second option. I think Danny Murphy's got a pretty good price tag. He's back cleanup. It's another lefty versus Hudson if we're going to pick on him. We prefer to do it lefties. I'm not suggesting Murphy's a better bat than Arenado or Story, but as Dean alluded to, Hudson very good versus righties. That 60 was it 65 percent ground ball rate, Dean to righties. Yeah, it's not exactly nice at 69, but at 65 is pretty solid as well. So, uh, and wait, yeah, 60. Yeah, I think the home run, the fly ball rate was less than 17 percent, I believe. So, so, yeah. so I mean, you could argue that Murphy's just as valuable as a lefty, but in cleanup than Arenado and Story are. I don't know that means I'm going to play him more than them too, but again. It's a nice pivot off of a, a probably a very chalky Goldsmith. Uh, obviously, we can play your boy Freddie Freeman anytime versus the righty, especially Eflin can get picked on versus lefties. But the third guy that I'm going to go to here outside of Goldsmith and Murphy is going to be uh, G-Man Choi. 
I think Choi is a nice pivot. He's cheap. We can pick on Hirata big time. And if you're looking for that cheap to maybe mid-tier in some sites, the home run upside, I, I think Choi is that guy for a space outside of Golden Murphy, of course. Oh, we got McBroom today, by the way. He's in there. He was, he was swept out of the lineup yesterday, but he's back in there uh, <laughs> on the cheap against Lopez. You know, uh, there, there's some power there on the minors. Uh, Horns and Arga has some power, too. If we're going to some cheap power uh, against Ronaldo Lopez, that seems like an interesting tournament, uh, tournament game to me. Ten is the total. Uh, you know, and again, Lopez has had some silly games. Sparkman, we talked about rostering him just to kind of make things work. We don't like him. It's not an endorsement. It's just an endorsement of his price. Uh, and we also talked about Agrazel. You could pick on him, I suppose, with Belt, who's cheap. Of course, Belt, not the necessarily power you wanted at your first base when you do that ballpark. Heavily subdues power there. But, uh, you know, Agrazel just seems like a, you know, one of the worst pitchers in all of baseball this season if you kind of, you know, dig into the metrics. Uh, anything else at first, or shall we uh, move on to the old keystone position? I think we can move on here. Keystone position, Pepsi, second base. You know, Wong, of course, uh, in Coors Field's interesting. You know, Altuve, diminutive second baseman for the, for the Astros. We know how he annihilates the southpaws, the lefties. Uh, Merrifield's kind of sort of somewhat cheap. Uh, McMahon's cheap as well. You got Kike Enrique Hernandez on the cheap as well versus a lefty in a nice ballpark. There's not one clear guy. And if you want to punt it, of course, there's a – you know, I don't like this play, but Brock Holt, draw, he drew the leadoff spot today for Boston. Betts is uh, getting a rest. No Betts and no Trout as far as your studs are not playing today. Uh, thought it would be Ben Benintendi, but Ben Benintendi's down to the sixth hole, and uh, Holt is actually leading off today. So you get, uh, you know, a cheap second base, not a lot of pop there, but you might get those five at-bats. For me, it's like, you know, whatever the stack may say, or it's just like, this is like a last man in. Or, you know, I want Wong, I suppose, but I don't need him. Is there anything you need here as far as second? Three guys I want to play, and yeah, nothing I need. I think Wong is the top option here. He's batting the two holes. Yeah, I could have big upside, I think, tonight for Wong. And uh, obviously, as you mentioned, L2A versus lefty is always playable. Wong's a little too expensive for me, but again, he could easily get five at-bats there, three hits, three runs. It's all possible for him. So Wong's still the top guy. l is certainly a nice pivot. And Brock Holt's the value play. I mean, I'm a Holt guy in general. As you know, Dean, I play him when he's a value play, and he usually does something for me, it seems, every time he gets in that lineup. And it's not necessarily that he's going to have a monster game, but you know, hitting a walk and a run score, two hits and an RBI, that's good enough to pay off that cheap salary so that we can spend it somewhere else. And uh, Holt Viable is that value option at second base, and I'm going to have some of him for sure. Uh, Fandle specific, I think Kendrick uh, is cheap over there versus the lefty and Martin yes. Perez. Uh, and I feel like Dozier might be too as well. Uh, yeah, 25, I believe, for Dozier. And I love Kendrick as well. If you're looking for some righty bats over there, we'll get to Rondo in a second here to load the third base. But yeah, Howie Krennic is definitely a great player for them, Fandle. Nicely done, dude. One thing I don't like, though, is uh, the weather. It's cool in Minnesota, 64 degrees. Uh, looks like there's a bit of a crosswind. Uh, I've not seen what Ross Weatheridge has to say about it. But, uh, you know, not to say you can't play these guys, but it looks like it's better pitching weather than it is hitting weather, just to kind of note there. You got anything else in second? Well, I mean, you know, you got one more Flores. If, if uh, you know, Big T was lurking, he, he, he always plays more Flores against the lefty. He's cracking the five spot. He's another guy. I believe he's a FanDuel special where he's like 2-4 or 2-5 or 2-6. So, uh, you know, the position we don't love, maybe on FanDuel you'll, you'll punt with one of those guys. On DK, you know, Flores is 4-1, which is not exactly a great price. It's fine. He's playable. And, you know, Cattell Marte, who's been one of the 10 best hitters in baseball this year, that's just what it's been. Like, you go to the season-long numbers, I don't think anybody's playing him, just throwing it out there. Uh, and he absolutely can be the highest-scoring second baseman. Let's move on to the hot corner, Pepsi, where we talked about this pre-show. Oh, there's Big T. Hi, Big T. He loves Wilmer. There, there he is. Go. Rock button. All right. I don't know if that's on the bingo card or not, because the, the, the chat's playing bingo on our little catchphrases. <laughs> you know, you do these shows enough, Pepsi. You tend to say the same things over and over again because you're talking about the same things. I've never noticed you do that, actually. Oh, well, you know, we do live in the world of a salary cap. Are you not aware of this, Pepsi? You played Daily Fantasy Sports before? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine, but if you want to go tactical, I've never really noticed. The thing is, like, we don't care about yesterday. We don't care about tomorrow. We care about tonight. Right. And tonight, you like yourself like, what, eight third baseman? <laughs> I mean, we were talking pre-show, and I don't know that I've ever loved the position as much as I do tonight, especially in the high end here. So we get to third base, and I'm ranking them for CVRs, and usually after I get four or five in, and I struggle with the last two or three, usually rank eight per position, you know, because you're trying to figure out what order you want them in and how you would play it, maybe get some value in there somehow. And um, there's not always eight guys you even really want to play. Tonight, I hit like 10. I went, oh, hold on. I've already got way too many. There are eight legit guys that Dean and I were talking about for the show that I want to get exposure to. Eight guys that I really want to and probably will get exposure to. 
this is why I don't mind playing a, uh, a Jed Jerker on Fandle. We didn't mention about a utility who's 2K, a Brock Holt, a cheap catcher, a cheap SB2, because I need to pay up a third base. And on Fandle, as much as I might want to use a Jerko uh, in the utility spot, I also want to use two third basemen in every lineup. So it's going to be tough to figure out how to build these. It's so good and so deep. I don't even know how to give you just two or three. Giving you eight names <laughs> certainly doesn't help anybody. So we'll start with this. Arnauto's probably still the top bat. We talked about Hudson's great ground ball rate and allowing limited fly balls. You can fade story in Arnauto. We didn't even talk about story shortstop. But he's still at home in, in Colorado, and they hit the ball in the air. They hit the ball hard. You know, that, that's a tough call between those two guys. Bregman versus a lefty, it's as good as any play in baseball. You could argue that he's a top three play tonight. Um, and the other guy, Anthony Rendon versus a lefty. I absolutely love Rendon. And, uh, you know, Martin Perez has fallen apart. They're on the road again in Minnesota. I realize that's still a good bullpen and, and not the best hitting environment right now, especially with the weather. But Rendon versus a lefty when he's expensive and going to get overlooked. And Ahino Suarez, another situation where he might get overlooked, faces a lefty. So there's a lot to love at third base tonight. It's a position you have to, in my opinion, pay up for. We didn't talk about Rafael Devers versus a weak Jays bullpen game in a hitting park. You know, we didn't talk about Juan Moncada versus Sparkman, who's very hittable. Vlad Guerrero's cheap. I mean, it's a loaded, loaded third base. And I just think it's a spot you have to pay up for. And yeah, and all those names that we like. And by the way, we're just going to start. The, the, t- the chat's throwing us uh, catchphrases, so we can play some bingo along with them. So try to work those uh, phrases in there. It won't be that difficult for sure. You might just say them naturally. Uh, that's the reason why I'm just going to have less R and out on everybody else because the pivot. You know, a lot of times you say, "Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fade this guy." Well, okay. Now you need plan. Okay, who, you have to have somebody in mind you're fading him for, and somebody that's justifiable. And you just ran off the name of like seven dudes that are all justifiable pivots. Uh, so I just don't need it. Like he's great, and there's no besmirching uh, of, of Nolan Arenado. But uh, you know, uh, absolutely, uh, there's so many other options that you ran down. And I should get this in there. We said third, third base, Pepsi, but it's of course the hot corner, as the kids call it. We, we got to get that in. You know, people playing bingo at home. Uh, and you mentioned we didn't mention the story at, uh, at shortstop, Pepsi. That's because you know the flagship show. We go. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, we haven't got shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> How did I do that? That's fun. That's why we haven't mentioned the story of shortstop. But I want to come back to third base real quick here. Do you honestly recall, and first base has been pretty deep at times, and we know the outfield always is. Do you honestly recall a position where you looked at eight guys that were quite expensive and you wanted all of them in one night? I mean, it's never happened before. Yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all good. And I don't, I don't know how to figure this out. And I, and I feel like third base can, without question, be a separator. And, like, I don't think you – well, you, of course you can win in theory. But, like, a zero at third base is really going to sting. And as far as the cheapies, like I think Vladimir Guerrero is kind of interesting. It's kind of banging in the talent, but who knows what the hell you're going to get at that Boston bullpen. I, I went and like, I, I, I was counting the Boston, you know, pen as far as how many actual live bodies are in there. Uh, you know, the, the body part of the body counts was like 17 or 18. There's 17 or 18 live bodies in that Boston bullpen. And, you know, pointers can get the job done. <laughs> World series to bust. Wow. I mean, you know, the 40-man rosters, they're, they're taking full advantage of it. And, uh, I mean, they probably have a 35-man roster that they're rolling out there. Uh, the Marlins probably are just rolling with 25, 26. So, like, we're good. They don't want to pay anybody any extra money. <laughs> they're like, well, how much more does it cost to call somebody up? Ah, screw that. Tell them to just go home. We'll see them next winter. Um, you know, enjoy their vacation or whatever. But uh, I that was on the card as well, too. I'd take a shot at the Marlins. So, there you go. That's why yeah. I kind of co-barred that one in. Yeah. Um, as far as shortstop, Pepsi. Uh, you, you mentioned Story, and again, same sort of thought process. I don't love Story or Arenado just in the matchup, which is kind of weird. But that's sort of where I'm at. And I'm not saying you can't play him, but I'm going to probably play less. So, like, Young on the other side. You know, Brangwood, you play at third. You can play at shortstop, play at other position. You know, Turner, I don't mind leading off there for that Washington side. Probably going to get five ABs, you know, in, in, against Minnesota. Uh, otherwise, I mean, you know, your boy Lindor, and he might be a jack in a bag, you know, candidate for you. I have no idea. Don't want to spoil the end of the show. But he's usually on the card. He's usually in the conversation for you. But uh, shortstop is not nearly as deep for me as it is uh, as far as third base. Yeah, it's certainly not. I think Paul DeYoung at that uh, price point makes it uh, a difficult play, but still likely the best play for me. You know, Storr would normally be the number one guy, but we mentioned Hudson's numbers in terms of ground balls and, and fly balls. So DeYoung gets the edge for me over him because you get a little bit of a savings as well. I think Bogarts is different. Interesting story. I, again, Xander tends to get overlooked when, when you like the Red Sox here, and Betts being on that lineup uh, makes it a little less potent. But, um, you know, you, you got a strong four from Francisco Lindor in there as well. Lindor's just a guy that masses lefties. I don't tend to take Jack and Bag candidates when they're facing righties, or sorry, lefties. A little harder to steal versus the southpaw. Certainly can be done. I just 
I don't like it as much when, you, when that situation arises. Of course, you can also play Bregman here, which is the one way outside, like, you know, a fantasy draft, you got lots of positions. It's easy to build. Uh, on Fandle, you got utility, so a couple third basemen come into play. At least you have Bregman as the one guy that has shortstop and third base eligibility that you can actually play him at short and then play another stack third baseman and still get kind of two of them in, so to speak, on DK. So that's interesting. So it, it's a five spot for sure. It's a deep position, but I will go like this. I will go DeYoung, Bregman, Story, Bogarts, Lindor as my top five. And, and again, it's pretty deep too, and it's, uh, it's all high-tier guys you want to get exposure to. So Dylan Peters, 115 innings pitches in his, in his major league career. He's allowed three stolen bases, no caught stealing, just to throw it out there. So like it's happened before, but that's not like a huge number. Uh, three at 115 innings, you know, so basically once every 38 innings or so, my UCF math coming through for us. Uh, let's jump in the outfield, Pepsi. After we do the outfield, of course, we'll do the screen share. We'll show the people what's going on as far as the lineup HQ ownership. We'll take a peek at as far as the pitchers and, uh, We'll see what they have, uh, what Cheese has as far as his, um, you know, core plays. Give me some outfielders. There's a lot. There's a lot to choose from. Cross off uh, Trout, who hasn't played with his toe for a while. Uh, you know, Mookie uh, Betts is getting the night off because, you know, Austin all but eliminated from the playoffs, which is kind of sort of weird, but that's what that's what's going down there, Pepsi. Uh, you know, you got to look at the Cardinals. I, I think uh, Ozuna and, and Fowler, two of the guys going to pop, and you already referenced how much you like Blackman. Uh, favorite outfielder in core is just in general. Is it Blackman? Yeah, it definitely is Blackman. And I think you can go with any of the outfielders from the top four teams, which are St. Louis, Colorado, Houston, and Boston. You know, J.D., Springer, Ozuna, Fowler, all these guys are pretty obviously chalky plays. Um, after that, I'm just going to give you three random dudes here again. And, and the first random dude is a combination. Yusil Puig and Fran Mel Reyes. I love the righties here in this matchup. I think they'll get overlooked. A.J. Pollock leading off and, uh, and Ashton Meadows. I think those are the three random dudes I'm going to go with outside of the stacks again the teams i mentioned already i pulled up my cvrs i want to see if i throw out a couple guys i have a uh, fowler and ozuna and blackman those are my first three no surprise uh, pollock is on the board as well too this is my dk cvrs of course did it for fandle and yahoo as well today uh yeah fandle specific pepsi uh otani is two nine yes I'm that's wrong that, that's that's too cheap yeah that's a good play i have them right i believe in the top five or six over there as well and why is J.D. Martinez 4-7 on DK? That seems too cheap, right? It's a good price point. And again, Boston may get overlooked a little bit. No bets in that lineup. They're out of the playoff race, but they're still in a good hitting environment. And on the road. Again, on the road, you have that extra bats there for them. That's why I like Xander and J.D. a little more than maybe most do. And, and maybe Boston's not as popular as I think. You know, Coors Field's going to be popular. Probably Houston. If, if Boston looks like the fourth or fifth most popular stack, I may go a little overweight on them. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez has given up a well, 1.5 homers per nine, and I always talk about Soler and just how he's at the quietest. What, what was it now, 41 homers? Yeah, yeah. He just annihilates the baseball. I mean, remember when that trade went down? Wait, was it Wade Davis for Soler? We all thought it was going to be a complete bust, and then Davis has kind of fallen apart, and finally it took Soler three years, but all of a sudden, boom, there he is. You know, as a general rule, like overpaying for relief pitchers, those guys, that it's all up and down. Uh, it, when does it ever pay off? Like there's so few Mariano Rivera's, right? That just do it for, you know, do it so well for so long. There's only so many of those guys and, you know, arm issues and all that, just, you know, overpaying for, there's a certain, there's certain organizations just that just like fine relievers in the cheap that are, that are perfectly fine. Oh, here's one for you. The Marlins, you know, all the terrible Marlins trades, one that people are ignoring they they traded Nick Anderson to Tampa for nothing. He's been amazing for them. Uh, and Tampa battling out for a playoff spot. He's been absolutely legit. One of the best relievers in all of baseball the last month of the season. Who the Marlins get for him? Nothing. He's at the worst organization in baseball. Cross that one off your bingo card uh, if you guys aren't playing at home. And, <laughs> oh, man. The, <laughs> all right, let's get to it. We got, we got to do some uh, premium stuff, Dean. We got some questions. We got stacks, dongs, jack and bags. We got to move on here, my friend. All right. Well, I'm going to take a peek at the, I fired up the old lineup HQ. I'm going to give it a refresh. We're looking at DK right now. And if you're playing along at home, uh, Pepsi, it's I'm looking at the pitchers as far as ownership. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be gray. Yeah. Okay. Gray at 33%. We always talk about the ownership is more and more refined. The closer and closer we get the lock. Uh, Pablo Lopez at 26% too. No surprise. Those are two guys we like. And Davies at 19%. Like I said, I will have less than 19% of Davies. I just, I don't see upside here. Uh, you know, maybe he goes five innings and, you know, I guess he can strike out five or six guys against the Marlins. They're terrible, but, and there, there is some K's in that lineup, but, you know, Davey's not a K pitcher and we've seen him get the quick hook 
for a while now. Of course, that bullpen has got like 15, 15 options. Uh, Strasburg at 15% against a Minnesota team. It just does not strike out today. And there's some power as well, too. What, what's interesting to you here? Yeah, I think the fact that Gray has moved way up to now twice as much owned as Strasburg. That's interesting. Lopez being SP2. I thought that Lopez wouldn't be as popular. It's a Marlin pitcher. It's facing Milwaukee. I just feel like he wouldn't be as popular. But I guess people are uh, people are pretty sharp these days. They're on to the fact he's a pretty good pitcher in a good ballpark. A watered-down Milwaukee lineup with a lot of strikeouts in it, and he's reasonably priced. So that's uh, that's interesting. All right. So yesterday we crushed this. Stevie was the first one to point it out, and I just couldn't believe the number on – oh, God, I'm forgetting the guy's name. The guy who pitched for Tampa yesterday was four and a half against Texas, the lefty. Uh, and it was okay. just – no, it wasn't McKay. Um, I'm, I'm losing his name for some reason. The chat will tell me. And uh, we, 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 we emphasized to smash the over. So now the pressure's on Pepsi. You've got to make a bold proclamation as far as one of these K props. You know, Strasburg's at seven and a half, Ray's at six and a half, uh, Sonny Gray's at seven and a half, uh, Lopez at five and a half. Give me, give me an over or under. Give me something. Man, those are good numbers today, man. I'm not feeling that strong, man. Um, let's go over with Gray. Seven and a half over with Gray. I think he's got double-digit strikeout potential there. Seattle's striking a ton. Yeah, I'm going to say that he hits at least eight. Let's see. I'm giving. Oh, let's. Oh, the Seattle lineup is up. Nice. I want to see if my boy's in there. The guy we're talking about. And I didn't play last night, which is why I wasn't sure. Sorry to help you out there, the lefty for uh, for Tampa Bay. I didn't play last night, so I didn't catch it was. But uh, Lewis batting fifth. Beautiful. It was Yarborough. Yes, and Lewis is batting fifth, and there's a person named Donovan Walton batting eighth. Who's Donovan Walton? I'm not sure. Do we have anything on him? I, I'm gonna. I'm doing a little Google search on him. I'm, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fire up the FanGraphs and see what he's done as he's far as striking. Played IQ. While you look at that. Well, there's probably not any numbers on him in played IQ, which is the problem. Uh, I love yeah, played IQ. Yes, that's true too. So never mind. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? So give me this Pepsi. Give me three, three stacks. Give me three homers. Give me a Jack in the bag, and I'll tell you about Donovan Walton in a second. All right, uh, Stacks, easy. St. Louis, Colorado, the top two. Uh, I think Houston and Boston are three and four. What's interesting is I like the left-handed bats from Tampa and Atlanta as, as two teams that maybe get a little overlooked. Uh, home runs, Goldie at the top. And then I, I had a tough time figuring out tiers on various sites here. We had no sponsor really today. So I'm just going to give you three guys that are pretty much mid-tier to value. So G-Man Choi, Fran Reyes, and Shohei Otani. And then for Jack in the Bag, Dean, you've been pretty hot. I think you've got – no, I don't think – I think you ruined your streak last time out. But uh, I'll see if you can hit the Jack in the Bag today. A little expensive, but I, I think he's the guy tonight. And uh, there's a little bit of a hint for you. Uh, um, oh, is it Blackman? No, it's Colton Wong. Oh, yeah. Well, you said expensive, so I was thinking – and I know you've been on you – know, I mean, Obviously, Blackman would be expensive for obvious reasons. He's just not stealing bags these days. Yeah, well, I don't know. I thought maybe, like, you knew a guy or something like that, and today was the day he was due or something like that. I pulled up – this was tricky because I'm like, I typed in Donovan Walton and it's Donnie Walton. Apparently his official name on Bankrats. Like, who is Donnie Walton? I guess that's the guy. Uh, this year in the minors, uh, 558 at-bats, 11 homers, 10 stolen bases, so a little bit of power, a little bit of pop. Did not strike out enough, 12.9%. He's projected, according to the steamer, to strike out at 15.6%, which is not a huge number, but, you know, whatever. Uh we do the most important thing here, Pepsi, is we got we got Kyle Lewis in there, and not only that, he's batting fifth, so he's probably going to see him three times. Unless you know, Gray, your, the hope is he goes to that lineup three times, he turns it over even to the top or the fourth of long at the top. And you know, Gordon's kind of buried too. Uh, D. Gordon's contact hitter, he's not leadoff, he's hitting, uh, hitting seven, but again, in theory, you really want him to face him three times anyway. But uh, I'm with you on Gray, I'll take the over. Let's get some questions from the chat. Uh, of course, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, you know, we'll knock out as many questions as we can do before we step aside and make way for crunch time, which I believe is one Dave Potts. Jesus, good. I meant to say, you know, Pepsi, his musings are amazing. And this, it's, it's, he's still in, you know, regular season form, like it's opening day. The art, the article has got lots of girth to it. Cross off girth too. There you go. Uh, you know, lots going on in that article. He does not uh, half ass it down the stretch. I just want to throw it out there and give a shout out to, you know, tip of the hat. The one tease is good. Nobody is better than him. And I did mention, as the, the questions are sprinkling through Pepsi, I said I would give his four plays. So let's go ahead and give him. Well, hey, look at that. He likes Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez as well from a pitching perspective. As far as the hitters, uh, he has Fowler and Choi and Benintendi. Benintendi not leading off, batting sixth. Uh, I think he, he takes a slight hit for that. Still certainly playable. And he's he's uh, pretty cheap, meaningfully uh, cheap on, on DK as well. I think he's only three can't handle too. I don't have those plays up. Notorious is cash plays. 
Yeah, just a lot of the dudes you mentioned, basically, Pepsi. I'll just run down that list. Uh, from Jack Miner, oh, Jack Miner, from Joe Miner. Pepsi, are you answering the questions in chat? This I'm is trying to. Yeah, maybe we'll the get show is we talk about the questions in chat. Yeah, I'm trying to help my boy Usman out here, though. But uh, no extreme hitter umpires, extreme pitchers I mentioned were Webb and Strasburg. <laughs> Do you like Arizona today? I, I don't. I mean, they're yeah. mad. Not really. Something interesting in chat, I really want to bring this up if we do it really quickly. Somebody asked me if I, I was talking about being a catcher, reverting to shortstop eventually. They asked me if I ever caught a perfect game, and I haven't, but I did catch two no-hitters, Oh, which is amazing. And um, I guess a catcher is supposed to take some credit for that, but it's just an amazing experience in general. But you played some ball. Were you ever on the field for a no-hitter or a perfect game? No. I mean, I, and I didn't play anywhere near the level you played at, obviously. Um, no, I don't believe so. I don't think so. And yeah. It never happened for me, and I, I never caught either, although I have the girth to do so, I suppose. But that was never <laughs> my, I don't have the knees for it. Uh, they're asking in the chat about Joey Wendell, and, like, what do you think of Joey Wendell? He's leading off. Um, that's the best thing, nicest thing you can say about him. He's in a positive ballpark. It's 90 degrees. That's nice, too. And we may have neglected that game to some extent, 10.5 total, you know, big, big, uh, big number, and it's, you know, definitely hot. You know, hitters ballpark there in Texas. Last season for this, uh, this ballpark, really curious to see what the new ballpark happens to be for the one that's in Arlington. Um, you know, if he makes things work, I'm okay with uh, with Wendell as basically a punt. You're okay with Wendell, I presume? Yeah, I like the lefties for Tampa Bay. I mentioned him as a part of a sneaky stack that I think we could use tonight. Uh, is Sonny Gray the best pitcher uh, on the on – the, uh, wait, with price doesn't matter. Is Sonny, Sonny Gray your best pitcher? I have him uh, over Strasburg as the best raw points pitcher, and quite possibly I may have him more than anybody else just as is. But it's a, a, it's a tightrope walk because I want to squeeze in some hitters as well which is what's leading me to garbage SP2s, which I don't feel good about. But, uh, you know, you know the world of a salary cap. Sonny Gray, your favorite starting pitcher on the slate? Absolutely. I mean, based on price and matchup, he is. Strasburg, I wouldn't talk yet of it, but I love the matchup for Gray better. Uh, thoughts on a Royals head stack versus expensive Ronaldo Lopez? Yeah, I, I'm on board in uh, all, all of that's in that game, like playing both sides of it for tournaments. I, I, I assume you're with me or no? Yeah, you can go both sides. Uh, Sparkburn, you can even roster Lopez if you want, which I don't think I will. But, yeah, you can play all sides this one for sure. Yeah, I and mean, we've seen Lopez's ceiling games. He definitely pays off that salary. It's hard to sort of project, but of course that lineup is not very good for KC. They do get a ballpark jump. Uh, Howie, okay, so Fanduel Cash. These guys are both cheap over there. I presume Holt is cheap too. I did not see his price. I know Kendrick is. You got Howie Kendrick. You have Holt as far as a cash game play. Yeah, it's tough. I I, I think it's a bit of a toss up. Um, I'm going to go with Kendrick though, even though Holt's leading off. He's a little more expensive as well. I see you just answered that question. And, Pepsi, you're not – I tried to explain that nicely. We got two minutes to go. There's tons of questions. I don't know everything you're going to get to. So I saw it, and I thought I'd answer it. I, I didn't know you were going to go there. I'm sorry. You keep this behavior up. We can make this your last show, Pepsi. I know a guy. I could put a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Houston stack? Like, they're still really talented dudes. Yeah, I mean, I don't love picking on Brian Anderson because of the ground balls, but they're not as extreme as we've seen in the past, and Houston is just awesome. So Houston for sure. I expect them to be – the third most popular stack after St. Louis and Colorado, to be honest, which is a reason for me to get off of them and prefer a Boston or Tampa Bay lefty kind of thing. But uh, Houston's always stackable, but it, it's all about the righties here. All right, Pepsi. We'll see you tomorrow for the last time. It's a, uh, a shorter slate. So make sure you guys come, uh, come by tomorrow and say goodbye to Pepsi. He's going to go away for a while. We're going to miss him for sure. Uh, but this show, all we care about is this show. We don't care about yesterday's show or tomorrow's show. This show, Pepsi, we need you to finish strong. So uh, give me something good, reiterate a point, maybe something we haven't brought up just yet. Yeah, Sonny Gray is the top arm across the board. Uh, you could go down as far as Sparkman as an SP2 if you want. I really like Lopez on, on FanDuel as a, as a single pitcher site. I think that's a play you can even use in cash. For offense, Coors Field is going to be the way again today. Goldie has that multi-homer upside, but something a little different. The lefties from Atlanta and, uh, and Tampa Bay are interesting. He's Pepsi. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball. Stay tuned for crunch time. We're out of here. Holler. 